0: Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 820, 945, and 1110. You can learn more about First Prez at www.first-prez.org. Amen. You may be seated. And as you are, I encourage you to open your Bibles or turn them on and look at Psalm 65 together. The words will be on the screen in front of you, or you can pull the pew Bible. The Psalms are dead middle. You just drop dead middle in the Bible, and you find it right there. And our word this morning comes from Psalm 65, hear the word of the Lord. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength. Who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. So you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever and we pray that you would open our hearts to receive your life-giving and eternal and living word in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we begin to talk this morning about prayer. These things I pray, the power of prayer. My first ministry position was in southern New Jersey, South Jersey. South Jersey, we called it. And we moved into to a home, Abigail and I, we bought a 1923 Sears Craftsman kit home. And that was a fun little house. Uh, it was a, a great house for us. Lots of character, And lots of opportunity to learn how to fix things. (laughs) And we fixed a lot of things, a lot of things. But being an old home, there was one big wall that uh, was in our living room, and of the whole wall, there was only one electric outlet in it, and it was dead. So, I figured it's an old house. It was originally knob and tube electric. So, just somewhere down the line, that outlet just got left behind. For a while, um, we tried to run extension cords under the carpet or uh, around the, the house to get to that point because all the years we lived there, we couldn't put a lamp on that side of the, of the couch. But eventually, we just gave up. Now, on the day that we were moving out, we had this really large TV cabinet covering up the opposite wall, and as the movers lifted it up and carried it out, I saw right behind it a light switch that I had never noticed. thought, <laughs> huh. I flipped it on and off. No lights came on and off. Hmm. I plugged a lamp into that dead outlet, flipped the switch... And I thought, you know, that was a little piece of information I could have really used. (laughs) Are you plugged in? Are you plugged in in your life of faith? Is the light switched on? Are you plugged in? We connect with God in prayer. This morning we start a series talking about patterns of prayer. These things I pray. Are we connected? That's the question. Are we connected with the power of prayer? The great preacher, uh, Peter Marshall, uh, who taught uh, at the end of the rise of the industrial modern era, he taught in the rise of the atomic nuclear age, and he said mankind had, had grown to harness natural laws and powers, moving from fire to steam to explosives to electricity, now to atomic power. But Peter Marshall preached, he said, there still seems to be a power that we fail to connect with. We seem to neglect it. Here's what he preached. He said, it was a power that would enable believers to do the mighty works of Christ and to experience flowing in and through their own lives the energy of God. Here is a power so tremendous that with it nothing is impossible, and without it nothing we do has any eternal value or significance. It is a power so simple that a child may use it, yet we reach for that power only when our hands are clasped in prayer. Prayer connects us with God. Prayer releases the energies of God. Prayer is the fuel of the church. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. More than pulling uh, God by prayer into this world, we need to think of prayer as pulling us into God's world. The more we pray... Openly, genuinely, the more our minds get knit to the mind of God, the more our hearts become knit together with God's heart, the more our will becomes knit to God's will. Are we connected with the power of prayer? We're gonna look at the Psalms, a number of Psalms together. Dietrich Bonhoeffer called the Psalms the prayer book of the Bible and encouraged his students to use the Psalms to learn how to pray. He said it's like kids learning how to speak from their listening to their parents. We don't know how to pray, but like a toddler in your home listening to the adults using English, we can pray the Psalms to learn to pray. He wrote this, so we learn to speak to God because God has spoken and speaks to us. In the language of the Father in heaven, God's children learn to speak with God, repeating God's own words. We begin to pray to God. The Psalms sometimes pray beautifully, but sometimes, you know, they're gritty and dark. They're even seemingly nasty or unkind. So we learn that we're not required to make perfect prayers, but to open our true wants and needs, the honest desires of our hearts before the Lord. And the Lord will do with them what he will. Some prayers are answered, some deferred. For some, the answer is no way. But without a shadow of a doubt, prayer changes things with every prayer We are more deeply connected with God, connected with the power of prayer. When I first came to Christ through Young Life, I was handed a little pamphlet, a navigator's pamphlet written by Bob Foster named Seven Minutes with God. And it basically said, better to spend a little time with God every day than to put off a long engagement with God until there's time, which we know there's never time. So he said, if you set your alarm clock for 6.30 every morning, just set it back to 6.23 and every day spend seven minutes with God. My alarm clock was set on 6.23 for years And it was a simple pattern, a quick uh, pattern of devotion, a, a prayer, a few minutes in Scripture, and then there was a pattern of prayer taught in the pamphlet under the acronym ACTS. It's a pattern of prayer I still use to this day to come before the Lord in daily prayer. ACTS, A, adoration, recognizing who God is, God's majesty. C, confession, recognizing just who I am and asking forgiveness for the things I've done against God's law. And T, thanksgiving, lifting up gratitude for all the blessings God has poured into my life. And S, supplication, asking God for the things I need or or that I know that others need and imploring him to intervene and bring his power. We're gonna walk through each one of these, these facets of prayer in coming weeks. As we go deeper in our lives of prayer, with one shift, we want Thanksgiving to be on our Thanksgiving Sunday. So we have to change the whole thing. <laughs> and make it axed. <laughs> but that's our only switch. The question is, are we connected with the power of prayer? If you don't know how to pray, here's a way. If you've never tried prayer, here's a pattern. Just try. Just try. Look at Psalm 65. This is a psalm of David. It's written by David. We think it may have been a psalm for the harvest season, maybe used in the festival of the booths. Psalms are not theological treatises, although they contain Theology. They're not poems, although they're in poetic language. They're prayers. And they're prayers to be sung by the people of God. A prayer to sing together. Let me pause there and ask how important is worship? How important is communal worship to your growth as a disciple? This psalm was not written as a private meditation but as a song for the church to sing together, a communal prayer for the congregation to gather and lift up to the Lord. We cannot pursue full discipleship of Jesus alone. We need the church. We need worship To read this prayer alone in your closet is different from gathering with the people in the appointed space, at the appointed time, setting aside all other commitments or responsibilities or opportunities and saying, this is my priority in this hour. I give this hour away to the Lord in worship. It's critical to our life together. This psalm, David wrote and he gave, as you see in the heading, a psalm of David that he handed to the director of music and he said, you gather the people and you teach them to sing and you let them worship. Let the people come together and worship God. If you want to truly learn to pray, come in to the house of prayer. You might notice as we study this that if you watch carefully, you'll see that we are rehearsing this same healthy pattern of prayer every time we gather in every service of worship. Come in and walk with the body of Christ through the dance steps of the kingdom. Learn the rhythms and soon it will not feel so foreign to connect with God in the power of prayer. Psalm 65 begins with adoration. By adoration, I mean the practice of pausing in prayer to recognize just who it is you're addressing. Before I drop my laundry list on God, right? Before I unload my list of demands on the divine butler in heaven, it might do me some good to recognize just who it is I'm addressing. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer. To you, all people will come. God deserves praise and adoration. He's worthy of being adored. Too often we adore things that are unworthy of true adoration and they collapse under the pressure of our praise. God is worthy of adoration and praise. You cannot offer too much worship and adoration and praise of God. You can't love God too much, you can't praise Jesus too much you know you can you can get offline with other things your friends can say to you you know you're getting a little unbalanced with your love of that you're getting off kilter you're putting too much attention on that thing with God not so you can't love Jesus too much you can't get crazy enough about your Lord you can't worship God too much because he deserves it in fact, he can take it he, he he is worthy of all the praise that you can offer. Drink deeply of your adoration and worship of God. You who answer prayer, it says. God is worthy of our praise. Praise awaits you, you who answer prayer. That's what David calls the Lord. The Lord who answers prayer. God is not silent and dumb like a stone idol. God answers When we call. But before I unload my laundry list on God, it's healthy to grow in awareness of just who God is and enjoy God for who He is in Himself. God is able, God is all powerful. Verses 5 through 8 say, You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas who formed the mountains by your power. Do you look at the mountains? Picture the hand of God. Who, having armed yourself with strength, you who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves. Do you look at the sea and think about the power of God and the turmoil of the nations? The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. That's who God is. That's who you're addressing in prayer. This leads to confession very naturally. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Forgave is a little light here in the translation from the Hebrew. In fact, some of your Bibles may have a note there at the bottom of the page. That little word is more than just forgive. What it says is that God makes atonement. God covers over. God provides the sacrifice necessary to pay the debt you could not pay. See, just as soon as we pause and recognize who God is, just as soon as we experience the awe and power of his presence, that moment when we see just who it is that we are in dialogue with, you have this recognition, oh, oh my goodness, it's you. It's the Lord. Lord, you are mighty, you are almighty. Lord, you are magnificent, you are all-powerful. Lord, you are from everlasting to everlasting. You are holy, holy, holy. Holy! Immediately, you see your own unholiness. Immediately, we hit our knees before the Lord. But we can confess. We can admit. We can repent and turn and be open and honest and clear with God because God is more ready to forgive than we are to confess. He is already prepared. He has made a way. In the Son, Jesus Christ, he has made the way of atonement possible. He has provided the sacrifice we could not provide. God is able to clear the balance before you have even assessed the full amount of your debt. Confession, adoration, confession, and then thanksgiving. Back in verse 1, the vows were acts of thanksgiving and worship. To you our vows will be fulfilled. The psalms are filled with overflowing thanksgiving. You can get far with an attitude of gratitude. Is that too bumper stickery for you? Is that too coffee muggery? There's two new words for you. An attitude of gratitude. Our psalm gives thanks for the bounty of the land. The rain pours down and fills the soil with life. The fields are painted gold with grain. The harvest is so great. It overflows the carts. The meadows are covered with flocks. That's wealth in the ancient world. Livestock is wealth. By the hand of God, we have received blessing after blessing. Do you pause to list a few? Do you pause to count a few blessings before the Lord? Give thanks. It is healthy for your soul and it deepens your relationship with God. Plus, do you know what? It lends to joy. It's in these thanksgiving verses of the Psalms that we find this approach to happiness and joy. That's no accident. Gratitude and joy walk hand in hand. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with what? With gladness. That's what the Bible says. The the meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy. What? Joy. Joy. They shout for joy and sing. That's what the Bible says. That's the life God is calling you toward. A little time spent in gratitude can change your emotional outlook. And finally, supplication. A supplicant is someone who respectfully pleads before a person of power or influence for a little help. That's us before God. We can lay our needs before him. We can lay our needs bare before the Lord. Tell the Lord the desire of your heart. Tell the Lord the needs of your loved ones. He may grant it. He may defer it. He may Deny it and redirect your desires to higher and better things, but he will not ignore you and your needs. Prayer always makes a difference. It always unites us with God in deeper and more meaningful ways. This is God, you who answer prayer. You know, Jesus said such things about prayer as to make a pastor blush. Mark 11, truly I tell you, Jesus speaking, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. John 14, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I don't even want to get caught saying those things. Right? Now am I wrong or is Jesus wrong? Are we connected with the power of prayer? There's power in prayer. Now, it's a great mystery why some prayers are answered and granted and others are not. You and I both could count how many leaders we've heard trying to solve that riddle for us. If only you truly believed, they say, or it only works if you use the name properly, or it only happens if you pray according to God's will, as if any of these were the secret key, as if prayer were some magical incantation. And if only you got your side of the equation right, it would turn out a according to your desired results on the other end. Well, it just isn't like that. It just isn't like that. God will never be your divine butler. We don't know why some prayers are answered and others feel like they don't go any higher than the ceiling. We don't know. But prayer is not a commercial transaction with God. But it is intimacy. It is trust, it is faith, it is belonging. Every prayer changes things, every prayer has power. Paul wrote, rejoice, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You can live your life in constant prayer, continuous prayer prayer, ever deepening your relationship with God, walking with Christ at every step in constant companionship with the Lord God Almighty. That's the power of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, your disciples gathered up with you earnestly and said, please teach us to pray. And so we bend the knee, Lord, and we open our hearts and our minds and we ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to walk with you. Teach us to touch the power of prayer that we might know your power flowing through us at every turn of our lives. Lord, teach us to walk with you, to give you thanks in all circumstances and to pray continually for this is Christ's will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.